You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Break it down, Dada. Break it down, oh, break it down. Break it down, oh, break it down. Break it down, oh, break it down. Okay, everybody, we are back. Break It Down podcast is back. So uh, let me catch you up. So bad news and then good news and then great news and then tremendous news I have for everybody. So let me just start with the bad news. And the great news about the bad news is that the bad news is in the past, as a matter of fact. So many of you already know this uh, from other podcasts or just from social media or whatever, but... uh, my mom passed away unexpectedly several weeks ago, and it was we were in the middle of doing a rehearsals for Emory to do some shows. Uh, we were in Nashville, and we got, got the call, and so I headed home immediately. It was totally terrible, awful. I've had so much uh, outpouring of support and people that care about me. I was able to go home that day and be with my family, and it's been an incredibly weird and crazy and sad uh, time of, of grief for me, and so... I took that time. I thought it was a logical time as any to take a break. I do these shows, uh, break it down, we've done in seasons thus far to where the first season we went through some Emory songs. The second season I started exploring a new format. Uh, The third season I did even more guests and varied interviews. The fourth season I think we added video and started doing that. And so I wanted to kind of think about it again, see what we could improve, uh, get some momentum going and come out with a Season five, just a new experiment. This podcast is basically me learning, me growing, me talking to people and trying to learn things and enjoy what I do and create for myself a uh, a career or a job or something that, that I really like that I think other people will like too. So I've been, I love having new ideas and working on it. So let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to do here in season five. Now, part of this is going to be made possible because of the We'll see. That what was that? The, okay. The good news is just that I'm back. The great news is that we've got some more stuff in place. We've come up with some new ideas for the format, and uh, we've even got a new sponsor uh, that's going to help with the podcast called BSW. I'll tell you a little bit more about them in a little bit. And I'm going to start a Patreon. I'm going to f- offer a bunch of interactive stuff and really get involved with this community. So basically, if you've noticed thus far, uh, I just have my own. You know, I don't have any social media accounts for this show. I don't really maintain a Facebook page or a Twitter for Break It Down or anything like that. So I am going to create some interactive communities in some really interesting ways so that I can uh, interact with my audience. And I think I may do that privately, and I think I may do that only for people that want to support the Patreon. I'll make it really affordable so that we can get into that. And we'll communicate, and we'll share articles and ideas. And I would like to create a little community around some of the ideas and things that we talk about and that I enjoy and that you guys enjoy for this show. So I'm looking forward to building this into a real community and seeing if you guys are interested in supporting it. I think that that will really do well. So I've got some big ideas of how to make the show uh, valuable to you guys. And 
essentially the premise is this. I'm here to learn a bunch of stuff and be curious about a bunch of stuff. And if you stick with me, you'll learn stuff too. If you're curious and we're going to talk about interesting stuff and we're going to learn together. And that's kind of what we'll do uh, with this show. Now, the great, great, great news, or tremendous news as I put it before, is the thing I've always wanted to do, or at least try, I'm going to try for the next at least month, uh, I don't have any travel in April, so I know this will be possible to do, but I'm going to try to do a show every day or five days a week, possibly four if I you know, have a vacancy or something like that. But I'm going to do this show every single day, as far as I'm concerned, uh, five days a week now, which I think is going to be fun because I can do even more variety of stuff. I can keep the episodes just a little bit shorter. And I'm going to have recurring guests and people like that uh, each week. So, for instance, I think all month long I'm going to have Tim from Under Oath coming on on Thursdays to talk about music. So there's some other – I don't have it all exactly worked out, but we're going to do some recurring stuff like that, uh, repeat guests so we can even go longer into things and, and segment it across multiple weeks. And it'll be just more like a regular thing. So it'll t- put less pressure on each episode and having some crazy guest and more about just having interesting conversations and doing some talking and some learning and some exploration of ideas every day. And that's always been something I've wanted to do, so I'm excited to see how that feels. And if it works, good. If the Patreon people love it, good. Maybe we can make it permanent. I don't know. Uh, and that's so that's what we're going to do. So all that is super good news. So here I am. I'll be live on video every day that I can, and we'll be broadcasting here from the studio. And uh, so let me tell you about this microphone I'm using. I've been, for instance... Uh, I've been asked a million times. I'm going to tie our sponsor and our guest all together today because I've been asked, basically, the most common thing I ever get asked is about podcasting itself. How do you do it? What microphone do you use? What's your gear? What interface do you use? How do you do Skype? There's 10 million technical questions um, that people ask me about podcasting all the time. So I think I'll just go ahead and start talking about that a little bit more often. And uh, people ask me, where do I get gear? How do I do it? And let me tell you where I get all my gear. Uh Broadcast Supply Worldwide, bswusa.com. I've got a poster of them right here in my studio. I got this microphone from them. It's a Heil PR40. So I'm going to I'm gonna mention those guys every day um, just for a second. I'll tell you more about them as time goes on. But they are so into break it down in the concept that they want, they offered to pay for this my rent on this studio. And that's part of the design of me building a studio. And I got a good deal on the rent. And now we have a sponsor that's going to hook me up with gear and that I buy my gear from and that you should buy your gear from too. They support the show. They pay the rent on this actual uh, studio we're in. So I want to thank BSWUSA.com. They supply all the broadcast equipment for all the major radio stations and stuff like that. So go to their website, look at their mics. If you use the promo code DOWN, you'll get 10% off anything in their podcasting category. Anyway, that's a quick mention for them today. I will certainly talk more about them at length, but I have to say thank you to them and how exciting that is to me just on a business level and a personal level and an accomplishment level that people are believing in the show and that brands do. And then, of course, I can talk about gear and stuff that I like, which I like too, and I know you guys ask about it all the time. So I'll, over time, tell you more stuff about what my opinion on gear and how to set up podcasting from a technical level and things like that. So this also rolls into the guest of the show today. The, the guest of our show today, although not connected to our sponsor, is a podcaster and a professional podcaster and somebody in that industry that's been doing it longer than I have and is tremendous at it. His name is Ray Harkins. Now, Ray has a podcast called 100 Words or Less. You can find that on iTunes. I think his website is called 100wordspod.com. Uh, so Ray's been doing that for a really long time. And originally, when the 
the notion of Jabberjaw Media came up, it was, I'm going to say it's Ray's idea. He was trying to put together a podcast network a long time ago, and it never quite got off the ground. And I called Ray up, and I said, Ray, do you think we could get some more shows together and do that idea that you had a long time ago of making a podcast network? And it had been through iterations since then, but... Uh, Ray's been around that long, and part of that idea and doing stuff together, Ray comes from a music background, an indie punk DIY background, so lots to talk about there. Uh, Ray also has done so well in podcasting that he also has a day job in podcasting. He works for a company called Midroll, and they're one of the largest advertising companies and content creators in podcasting. They've been doing it a long time, and uh, so Ray works for them in their ads and ad sales department, and sh- uh, I'm not sure all the... the, the things he does at, at, at that job. He he does, a, he does a bunch of things over there. And I've known Ray for years and, and do some other work with him. He's a great guy. And so I think you'll enjoy this conversation. With it being said that I'm doing a, a bunch of shows a week now, I'm going to keep them on the short side. I'm going to try not to go over an hour. So I'd love to do 45, 55 minutes or so. So in, I, I, just talk, I just got done talking to Ray. I'm doing the intro after, in, in case you didn't figure that out. And so we jump right into the conversation. And then when it gets to the end, I'm not that good at the short, the shorter 55-minute format yet, so I just had to kind of cut it off. But we didn't get to half of the topics. We didn't get to a tenth of the topics that I wanted to talk about. So since I'm doing the show every day now, if you like this episode and you want to hear all the questions I know you have about podcasting that you ask me, go ahead and tweet them to me, and then I'll have Ray back in a couple of weeks, and we'll get into technical stuff, microphones, anything else that you want to talk about. So anyway... Sorry for this long intro today. I won't be making these all so long, but I'm just trying to catch you up on the new thing, um, the new format, whatever we're doing. Like I said, we'll do some kind of Patreon thing soon. I'm, I'm working hard with Reva to build that and make it fun, interactive, and valuable, and I believe that it will be. I'm pretty sure it'll be successful. So thank you guys so much for the support and for all the condolences for my mom passing and everything else. Thank you to BSW uh, Broadcast Supply Worldwide, BSWUSA.com. Uh, check that out, promo code down, and here we go. Let's talk to Ray Harkins. I'm, I'm glad we're doing this now because I'm recording uh, some Taken vocals later on today, and uh, my voice will be demolished then. Do you record the same mic and stuff? Like, Do you do vocals and podcasting at the same station, music station and podcast? No. Is that totally different for you, different two, worlds? Two, two, two different worlds, because I, I, I record with Bo, so uh, yeah, I just do it in his studio. So you don't, yeah, I'd have the biggest problem of keeping podcasting and music like indistinguishable. I sit the same computer, same microphone, do everything. (laughs) It's just no different. I was talking to Toby the other day because he's having computer problems. And I said, Toby, you've got to get a new computer. We'll get it paid for. Just you got to get a new computer because the computer's failing all the time. And we're in the middle of doing uh, a Matt and Toby record, an Emory record, and he does two podcasts. I said, your whole job life your whole everything you do is you recording your voice into a microphone into your computer and communicating with other people you don't do anything else you must get a new computer now i told him i said i'll get it paid for with one stipulation you must get it in the next 24 hours i told him I said I'll take it out of some budgets here and there, but let's get going on this. Yeah, it's like there, there's literally no excuse for you to have a crappy computer. Yeah, no, no, no excuse at all. And and we're already rolling. By the by, the way, Ray, I will have already introduced you and set you up. I'm trying to do podcasts now with less formal of an intro. I've I've done it both ways. Have you done it both ways, where you try to set the guest up in front of them, and then the whole tone is all stilted? (laughs) 
Never. Yeah, I've never done the. Uh, I you know after after I do a little whatever two minute chit chat with uh, people, then mm-hmm. usually I'm just I, I I tee it up the same way mm-hmm. every time I do a podcast, but it's never the. Uh, so here we're sitting with Matt Carter who yeah. plays at Embry. Like, ugh, exactly. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I've I've tried to do that before, and, and the reason I want to do that is because I want it to work out where the thing I've been pushing for for a long time is to get podcasts to to be self contained and live in the sense that it's not this just bedroomy thing where you sit and edit and spend multiple times real times editing and putting together. I feel like the craft of podcasting is important enough, and it needs to be real time enough and natural enough to where you need to learn lean into the skill part of it. Is my whole philosophy, and so I do podcast live and on video, but that's mainly not because there's something special about it being live, other than it forces you to do it good and be done when you're done. And so in with respect to that, I've all been trying to figure out if I could like literally walk in the studio, turn the stuff on, hit start, introduce the guest, talk, have it mixed on the fly, and have it published when I'm done kind of thing. So I've been right. trying to do that, but it just totally stilts the conversation, makes it fake if I had to say, no, Ray Harkins here, he's this, 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 and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. I mean, it doesn't... The whole idea of podcasts in general, especially for an interview-based one, is it's the art of the conversation. And mm-hmm. some people, some people are good at it. Some people have to learn how to do it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there is never, no matter how much editing you put into a certain thing, mm-hmm. it's not it's not going to be as good as a person who is frankly adept at having a conversation and knows how to like guide it along, as opposed to like, oh, all right, so now I'm I'm gonna move on to yes. the. It's like. Uh, that that's what you that's what you do when you're 17 years old. Yes. Like I'll never I'll never forget the first interview I ever did when I was like I don't know 16 or 17 years old. Remember that band Small Brown Bike? Uh huh, dude. So I interviewed them outside of Chain Reaction for a zine that I wrote for, and it was one of those things where it's like I mean I talked to the dude for like an hour and a half, and it was one of those things I had to of course transcribe it once mm-hmm. I was over, and I was just like oh my gosh like if I had a conversation with him this would be so much better as a and an hour and a half worth of questions oh like, my gosh and he sat yeah, there like, while you asked the hour and a half of questions that you had pre-written dude what uh, and just, it was just, just for a zine yeah dude, what a what a punishment and like I think you know I ended up writing like whatever 2,000 words on it it's just like I mean that's a lot but not an hour and a half worth of content crazy so you've actually been in this world for a really really long time like you see this as an extension of writing for a zine when you were 17 that, is that journalism I mean you, did you think of it at that that way and, yeah, absolutely. And do you think of this as journalism, or what do you think of this now? Is this broadcaster journalism? I mean, yeah, I to- no, I totally. It's it. It's a through line that I've I've never wanted to explore a you know from a professional journalist standpoint in regards to like I mean I've gotten mm-hmm. paid for my writing and I've done that, but I never wanted that to be like my sole thing. But I totally. To your point, I agree exactly with the fact that this is journalism. Like I view the work that I'm doing in my podcast is a uh, you know an audio zine. You know, it's yep. like basically a documentation of our particular scene uh, of these pe- particular people's stories, and it's exactly the same. It's exactly the same. Like there's really no uh, you know two bones about it. That's it, it is an audio <laughs> version mm-hmm. of what I was what I was doing. You know when I was writing for zines and stuff like that. Because mm-hmm. I find that interesting when I hear uh, writers and stuff for Rolling Stone or Neil Strauss or somebody like that, and they basically like you think that a that a writer for a magazine goes in. It's a myth, I suppose, that they go in and have a list of questions and read it to the person. Well, the ones that are really good at writing go get into the people's world, spend time around them, and then they. Exchange 
abstract stuff, you know, written down. I'm sure they ask questions, but they have all kind of tricks for getting the person to be conversational. And I think documentary filmmakers are the same way. I know some people that do that, and they say they roll the camera for a while, and then they just kind of chill and say, okay, that was good. I think we got everything we need. And then they talk another 30 minutes to them, but yeah. that's all that ever they wind up using in the first place. You know, and they knew that totally. the whole time, you know. It's just to make yeah, the other gotta- person comfortable. Because, you know, how many times have I been interviewed on a tour bus? And it's, it's horrible. Like, there's no... Like, it's weird because I think I can be interesting. I think I do have good stuff to say. But this 20-year-old kid reading his questions to me, who I have no rapport with, and the questions aren't that great, or even if they are, he's not about to get a good answer from me because I'm not comfortable. Right. You know, we're not. Yeah, it's not a totally. two-way thing. It's not a conversation. So you're not, no matter how good and official and your question had good vocabulary in it and it was poignant, <laughs> you're not about to get a good answer from me, I don't think. And I, I feel bad no. about that. I'm like, well, I gave that kid a dud. I didn't say yeah. anything because I, it, well, it just wasn't a comfortable environment for doing it, which I yeah. suppose is good about podcasting. But so how long have you been doing this? And you were 17 then, and then you also were in the band Taken. So you're part of the whole music scene, indie, all that stuff, punk. And then, so podcasting to you is a purely an extension of that. Yeah, absolutely. It was mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like I, I always felt the need to express myself because I have opinions about music and, you know, I really enjoy doing music reviews when I first started writing. And it was like, I was writing for, you know, zines that were, are completely irrelevant now because they don't exist, but it's like status law of inertia. Um, I was excited that I got a review in maximum rock and roll. And it was like that, all that stuff was, uh, was just an extension of the fact that it's like, Oh yes, I played in a band. I worked at a record store. My life was consumed by music. Mm -hmm. And this was just, this was also my way to contribute further to either people finding out about good bands or staying away from records that sucked or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just felt like, uh, I I couldn't be involved enough. And then, you know, as I grew older and like maybe had different interests outside of music, it would still always circle back to it where it's like, okay, now that I, you know, might not be directly working quote unquote in the music industry, I still feel the compulsion to, uh, contribute and not just be a person who is, uh, you know, on the sidelines watching, you know, maybe going to like two or three shows a year. Mm -hmm. I just never, even if I do end up going to two or three shows a year, I will always be heavily involved within the context of music and within the context of that sort of, you know, that, that medium of expression, whatever form it may take. So yeah, Mm -hmm. podcasting is just a complete extension of that. Well, you've been quite successful. First of all, are you recording your mic there? You got a nice mic on the shock mountain and everything. Are you recording it and can send it to me later? Uh, I could. I was not, but could, I could do it. Let's let's do that now. I'll show. That'll be a good uh, example um, because I, I want this episode. We're, we're going to talk about podcasting pretty much the whole episode, technical stuff, content stuff, sure. all this. So we'll let this be part of the process. I'm talking to Ray over Skype right now, and he's look. I'm looking at him talking into a great microphone. Normally, I have a Skype guest, and they just have air, earbuds in or talking to their computer. But I forgot I'm talking to Ray, and I should have told you. Will you record your end of this conversation and send it to me? So you'll yep. hear in the podcast here in a couple seconds. Ray's quality will go from okay to really nice is <laughs> the effect you're going to hear as a listener here uh, it, it's funny too because there uh i i i should have just automatically because uh that's frankly that's uh, one of those things that you learn as you start to record people where it's just like oh yeah like sometimes people have no idea what they're doing and yeah mm-hmm. like you said they're just using you know <laughs> i'll even some of my closest friends who have podcasted with me for years uh, you know, still do the cardinal sin of, you know, using the uh, earbuds as their microphone mm-hmm. and then it just scratches on it's, their face the yeah, whole time. It's on, their, it's on their jacket right here and it's just... 
It's horrible, totally. yeah. And totally, it's it, yeah. sometimes it can be if you do it right, it can be a lot better than the microphone coming from the internal of the computer, especially if the, the guest is in a very echoey room. But the problem with all that is podcasting is even still on a, even if I'm professional which is an unbelievable thing to say that you could be a professional podcaster that I am one. But even if I'm tr- pretty professional, it's still really amateurish of a medium. And even even me, I'm in a studio and have this mic and stuff. It's still not professional in any sense of TV or media or radio. It's still it's still a, almost a, a joke of of how professional it is. But it's almost impossible to control somebody that you're at the mercy of being your guest and you're appreciative just to have them on the show, especially if they're a good get from you. You can't have them walk through learning to use Windows Media Player or QuickTime or, or yeah. you know, there's nothing you can do. So no, you're just kind of at their mercy. Say- you, you, I mean, sometimes you can, you know, I, I have friends that exist in the same world as we do and they send people microphones and it, it's yep. so funny because then sometimes those people who, you know, might be like a big guest or like, the, you know, but they don't have any capabilities to record themselves on a good mic. Right. They're like, oh, send, send me a mic. And then they go after they're done with the recording, they're like, hey, can I keep that mic? I really liked it. And so it's like, Ben, you're out yeah. like nine bucks and you're just like, yeah. Or they, I mean, yeah. So either they like it and, and we've tried that and everybody has that idea, but I don't think it, I've never heard of anybody doing it long term because, you know, you have to the mail turn around. Plus you leave that person with the obligation of, now I've got to mail this damn package to somebody yeah. else. And I don't, totally. I, you know, even if it came to me, I, I think it was cool when I got it and I would really regret it if I did a podcast interview with some other small podcast and then I had to go package something up and mail it back to them. I would, I would resent that personally. <laughs> totally. Unless, unless you are actually scheduling the pickup and including right. a box for me to ship it yeah. in. It's like, yeah. if you're making this as idiot proof as possible, then like, yeah, that's a little bit easier, but that's, you know, that's hard to do. Like you say it sustainably and over a long period of time. Yeah. And so I don't know. I mean, the, the whole thing is just, it's so interesting that it's become a, a real medium where people are making money and doing it for a living so i mean even you at this point you are all the way i mean you're professionally you're full-time in the podcast industry entirely right is that the way you'd say it yeah, yeah yeah i mean my my every a majority of my income i would say you know 90 percent of the money that i made last year was all to really directly related to the podcast business yes okay so before that you were in taking the band and then at, since then uh, that's hardcore punk DIY, vegan, straight edge, all that. That describes you pretty well, right? That that describes coming me up well. as a I mean, teenager and everything. Okay, yeah, t- I, I'm just trying exactly. to say. And then you, before you were full time in podcasting, you were working at PETA, is what I'm trying to get to there. Yes, mm-hmm. I. I mean, I worked in between those two. Like basically, mm-hmm. as I was doing Taken, I was working at Century Media Records, signing mm-hmm. bands, doing A and R and stuff like that. And I did that for about six or I don't know, close to eight years. And then I transitioned out of Century Media to working at PETA as their, gosh, my t- I made up my title, but it was, I think it was like celebrity marketing manager, whatever that mm. meant, but uh, specifically for PETA too, which was the youth outreach program of PETA. Right. So that was the, that was the uh, less controversial arm of PETA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was just a logical extension because I was like, yo, I still get to work with something I'm passionate about, but uh, I'm not exactly knee deep in the music industry because at that time when I left Century Media, it was like 2000 nine and so you know i saw the writing on the wall where it was like oh man like music industry is hurting for certain so <laughs> hurting for I certain be- yep i better i better look for other opportunities and the, that opportunity fell in my lap so not only for you individually but do you, i mean what are the other correlations you see with the punk and diy and music to podcasting because i think there's a lot of parallels and i wonder are they accidental parallels or are they literally is it the same people changing mediums from 
punk bands to podcasting? How how strong of a tie is there? Do you think? I think it's a real strong tie because I I look at I mean frankly I've done this on my particular show where I've pursued people who are podcast hosts mm-hmm. who have a direct connection or correlation mm-hmm. to being involved in independent music because it's it to your point it's exactly the same principles you don't ask permission you yeah there uh, you go you, I gotta write that you, one down yeah totally yeah it's on a shoestring budget yeah um you know you're terrible at it for a long time. Um, if you keep at it, you might ha- grow some semblance of an audience. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly it's the word same. word of mouth. You can, you can do whatever you want. And in fact, you're not penalized, but almost rewarded for, for being obnoxious. Now, I will draw a distinction there that being obnoxious for the sake of being obnoxious is not good. But no. the fact that you can freely be what you are is what really works. And I've been thinking about that a lot. Uh, and I mean, that's always been a thing in music. Like it's... Being able to st- punk music, say whatever you want, and get your message out there, and not care, and, and trust that it's word of mouth, and that you know, you f- that that freedom in there is what I really think is great. And what we see now in media that is very interested in, and I don't have any strong declarations about it exactly, but I'm I have a very strong dividing line, at least in my head theoretically now, of what I see as people being obnoxious, because I tend to say obnoxious things as a natural part of my personality. I am obnoxious, perhaps, and I like to say you know, claims and play around with ideas and say things that are pretty far out there truthfully and naturally. But there's in, especially in some larger media and stuff, I, there's these people now who are exaggerating things that are not ideas that they believe at all, knowing that it's being obnoxious and then being really successful. And that's, of course, largely political. Or, you know, if you do a right-wing thing and hold positions that you don't even hold and are being fake that you know your base is going to like... That's yeah. being obnoxious too, and I really resent that. That really <laughs> drives me crazy. But well, I'm often people say you're obnoxious. You say these crazy things, but that's what I'm like. If you come to my house, is what I'm, is my point. And these aren't views absolutely. that I don't hold, like the, like those people. So I so even though there's a time right now where I feel like those things are whether it's you know Glenn Beck or Matt Walsh or me, way different, way different. Yeah. I don't see those as Tommy Laren, whatever. I don't see those as the same at all as what as what we do, um, but in a way, it's kind of similar. So, well, it, it's the idea of playing to your base. You know, mm-hmm. it's like the 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 reason those people exist is because they have people that follow them, they have people that respect their work, and they they frankly are an echo of their own viewpoints. And the moment that you start to get outside of that, you know, I, I'm not even going to call it bubble because everybody exists in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you use the word obnoxious, and it's one of those things where it's like I, I realize that. Um, you know, everybody, once they reach a certain age, they recognize who they are, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's like, I, I know who I am. Like, I've always been nice. Like, people have always been like, oh, Ray, <laughs> yeah. he's a nice guy. That's right. And it's like, I, there's no way that that is ever going to be removed from me. Mm-hmm. And that's not like you, to your point, Matt, like I always, you know, for as long as I've known you, you've always been the person, like I said that, or like you said, that is, you know, obnoxious. I call you, you just like to press buttons. You like to throw out ideas, but yeah. like not in not in a nefarious way where you're just like, oh yeah, people are really going to respond to me saying this ridiculous stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's not pandering is what I'm saying. No, like the exactly. things I'm saying are probably going to push somebody's buttons and make them like me maybe a little bit less. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not trying no, to say totally. what people want to hear. I'm kind of doing the opposite. But that, in any case, I I try to really like. There's a battle for me to be as much of my real self on air as possible. I'm trying as hard as I can to say the things that I would say off air on air. I make myself do it. 
is the way I think about it, versus taking the way that I am and then saying obnoxious things that I don't even believe for the sake of pandering to an audience. I find that like very you know, disgusting on a, di- on a different kind of level. It's like the opposite. It feels like the opposite of what I'm trying to do. Well, yeah, and it's it. You know, frankly, it's the uh, quote unquote easiest road to success. You yes. know, it's like once you, it, it is the lowest form of entertainment. You know, opining about whatever it is. Um, it, it if you do get, reach a critical mass of people paying attention to it, you know, you're you're never going to want to divert from that because mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you you're have trapped. a platform. You have money, whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, there's no way that anybody can pivot away from that because they're just they're cutting off their source of income and their livelihood, and it's like, yeah, there it's doesn't... a one way ticket. So be careful, yeah. you know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I've been thinking about <laughs> a lot about all this stuff, and you know, somebody like minded like you totally gets it, and that's why I enjoy doing. First of all, we do a bunch of stuff together. We do some music work and management together. We do Jabberjaw stuff together, and you know been on each other's podcasts. So I know you see a lot of things the same way that I do. And what I think is, what I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, it's just, and people ask me this a lot if they want advice or something, is how do you make something or do something for a living or whatever? And it sounds like a cheesy answer, but you got to build your own, what you want. Like, it's like, be careful what you wish for because it might be successful kind of a thing so for me i know i had to try to build the thing that i want to work first and then figure out the money second or if it's a job or not a job or if i can make money or not that has to come second because if you start if you started and it's and that's what i want to talk about in podcasting when people ask me about podcasting they what the first thing they always want to ask me about is ads and i'm just like whoa yeah, cut it. Yeah, are shut you it crazy? Down. Like you know, th- this totally. is yeah. Shut that. Yeah, it, let, don't let me say it. You say it. When somebody comes yeah. to you, an expert on podcasting and a professional who has ads and works for a company that does podcast advertising and pr- pr- production, when somebody comes to you and says, "Ray, I've got this good idea for a podcast. Can you tell me about how ads work?" What what yeah, is, goes through your mind? Well, I frankly, I ran up. Well, I mean, first of all, like we were uh, shut it down. Like just <laughs> because. Because it's it's so, um, you know, frankly, it's the exact same th- things that I experienced when I worked at a record label where I had bands approach me, giving me their demos, whatever the case may be, like, oh, like, we'd like to sign to Century Media. And, like, you know, it's it's fine to have ambitions, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't fault people for looking at podcasts as a, a means of income because clearly it exists. But at the same time, like, you're putting the cart in front of the horse. Like, yeah. you are totally looking at it from you know, a, 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 an opportunistic standpoint, yeah. you know, in the same way that once, you know, I, I use this example all the time, but it's like, you know, bands that existed, uh, you know, in our time where it's like, you know, late nineties, early two thousands, there was no, uh, roadmap for a metallic hardcore band to make a living. Like that made no sense whatsoever. Right. <clears throat> it wasn't until like, yeah, you could point to bands like earth crisis strife, you know, Snapcase or whatever and be like, yeah, but you know, they, whatever. They were just like paying their rent while they were on the road. It wasn't until frankly, like hate breed and poison the well where they opened up the doors and people mm-hmm. saw it. And then at that point you had bands being like, wait a minute, I can make a living off this. And so you had bands that are, you know, the second, third, fourth generation ripoffs of the bands that are popular or whatever. It's the same exact thing as podcasting where it's like people listen to this American life and they're like, Oh dude, I could do a show like that. Totally. So like, I, I need to make money off this. And you're just like, do you have no, no damn idea 
how much work yeah. and effort it takes to produce a show well, like that. It just doesn't work. Like if somebody comes no. to me and they're they're occupied or preoccupied or even partially occupied with ads before they've even made an episode, then I feel like that person has a very, 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 very low likelihood of ever being successful in their own eyes. That's the way I would put it. So not only do you have a terrible odds of ever having ads, because that's anybody. Any po- I mean, your odds are horrifically bad that you'll ever have advertisements on your podcast. And I know it's easy for me to say. But in fact, I don't think there's any ads on this show. Well, maybe there is. But in any case, lucky for me, and I understand that. So it's I'm not trying to be on some soapbox or high horse. But it's almost impossible to get ads. It's probably the top 1% of shows, would you say, even have ads at all? Uh, I, that's interesting. I mean, cause it, frankly, there's no number out yeah. there in regards to like how many podcasts exists, but, um, you know, frankly, the sort of the number that from my day job, like, you know, we, I work for a company called Midroll, and, you know, we're arguably one of the largest mm-hmm. podcast advertising companies out there. And, you know, we represent 200 plus shows. So that's a lot of shows, mm-hmm. but you know, you weigh that into how many podcasts exist out there. And it's like, dude, that you know, we're only yeah. we only have the bandwidth of handling between 200 to 250 shows. And frankly, if you're not hitting a download threshold per episode of at least you know 50, 60, sometimes 75,000 mm-hmm. downloads per episode over an eight week period, like we just we just don't have the bandwidth to, to care about that. Thank you, know? you for answering that question like that because that's going to save me a lot of answering. But which I, that's a similar thing that I quote. But say that again, okay, everybody, you can have ads on your podcast. We'll have that discussion when you say that again. Yes, when you when you reach a very large threshold of downloads per episode. So you're talking about 50, 60, 75,000 downloads per episode. And mm-hmm. the granted that is more specifically attuned to uh, content that already exists out there, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like if you are doing a show that hits a very specific demographic that has like 10,000 downloads or whatever, um, that may be interesting because like, oh my gosh, I'm appealing to, you know, 98% women or something. And it's right. like, well, that, that's great. Right. Um, and that that is valuable. But like, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're like, hey, you know what? I got a great idea. I'm going to do an interview-based show around this thing. And it's just like, dude, holy shit. We already got way too many of those. Yeah. Like you are, you are not, unless you're doing something completely revolutionary, you need to have a very large audience in order to quote unquote monetize it. That's right. That's right. And so, yeah, if you had 10,000 listeners that, uh, and your whole podcast was about photography lenses, there may be some good sponsorship opportunities there, you know, exactly. That. But, but that aside, it's, uh, it's, it's not, I mean, the the problem with that is fundamentally the rift in in the idea that you could have literally like from your point of view nineteen thousand people that listen to your show every single week, and you if you've come into it obsessing about ads, you're going to be disappointed and feel like you're not successful and don't make any money and are a failure because. 19,000 people are listening yeah. to you. And that makes totally. me so angry that, yeah. they, that they've set themselves up for that because 19,000 people, think about it. They're real people. It exists. And that guy's not a professional, but he right. has a massive audience. And I'll, I'll put it this way. If you walked out on your balcony of your house, let's say you had a two-story house with a balcony and a big backyard, and you walked out there and there was, <laughs> imagine 19,000 people spanned all through the neighborhood and they're like, speak to me. And you came out in your robe and you just talked for an hour and there was no money exchanged. How would you feel? Yeah, You'd feel like amazing. the king of the world. It's not totally. worth any money, sure, but I mean, you, if if that number went to down to nine thousand, 
I guess you'd be bummed out, but 9,000 people standing outside your door the following week, you would feel unbelievably privileged to get to speak to them. If Absolutely. that's what they want. And you were that's wildly successful. That's more than I mean, that's just crazy. And that in itself should be plenty of reason for you to talk on your microphone in your bedroom. If that's not enough reason, you should not be doing this. Totally. It's you ha- crazy. You, right. You have to enjoy the process. It's yeah. like that ultimately, if you're not deriving enjoyment from the actual thing that you are doing, right. if you were just looking at this as a money-making endeavor, it's like, I, f- frankly, and honestly, I apply the same principles. The, the shows that I, frankly, enjoy selling the most at my day job are the ones who are in it for the same reasons that you and I are, mm-hmm. where it's just like, yeah, like, oh, wow, I can't even believe that 40,000 people pay attention to my basketball podcast, but yeah. like, this is great, and people are advertising on it, and it's unbelievable, and that is the attitude as opposed to, honestly, I see, I mean, especially since podcasting is now, you know, a viable mainstream thing, you see so many people who are just like, oh yeah, like, you know, I, I'm, I'm hiring voice actors, I'm doing these shows that are based around true crime, mm-hmm. and it's just like, I understand the content may be compelling and it's cool and it sounds awesome, but it's like they're coming at it from a sheer business standpoint, which is fine. We live yep. in a capitalist society that exists, but um, that is, to me, that's not sustainable. That's mm-hmm. something that's going to be, last for a year, year and a half, and then yes. all of a sudden, like, uh, it, it peters out and whatever. So, Man, yeah, I'm, there's a bunch of cans of worms here. That I guess I was thinking of all the stuff we could get today. We're not going to get anywhere close, but that's okay. Uh, not, not even that at all. But I just want to almost stay right there with that. Um, and ask you, uh, what your thoughts are on the, uh, like, what are good reasons to do podcasts then basically talk about something you care about. It's like, that's the simplest distillation of why you should be doing what you're doing. Like, you know, not everybody likes their job, but they probably like the stuff they do outside of their job. Mm -hmm. So it's like, take that and talk about it. It's like, you know. A, f- a friend of mine does a podcast about the Babysitters Club books. Mm-hmm. Like he re- they re- him and a friend recap the Babysitters Club books, which I don't know how familiar you are yeah. with that. that. Uh, but yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's like it, you look at that and you're just like, who's paying attention to that? L- like they're getting anywhere between twenty to twenty five thousand downloads an That's episode, huge. and it's like, dude, about it about a young adult series <laughs> of books yeah. that is like completely irrelevant in this day and age. So uh, ultimately, that th- those are the things that should exist where it's like people that are genuinely enthusiastic about the thing that they're talking about um, have you know, either a, a lot of experience with it, a unique point of view, whatever it is that carves them out with that. Um, and then ultimately, just just do it for that sheer reason alone. And then you know, after you have proven to yourself that you're going to consistently release episodes and actually um, you know, garnish some level of audience – then at that point, that's when you can start to think of like, oh, wow, like, you know, I've been doing this for a year. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe I can start thinking about like ads or like writing people to like, you know, be bigger guests on the show or whatever you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. It's like, but yeah, the biggest that's a good reason way to look at it. Yeah, you you have to you really do have to set a goal for yourself where it's like, all right, I'm going to do I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do a weekly podcast. I'm going to do it for a year and then mm-hmm. see how it feels mm-hmm. because you have no idea you how no that idea. actually is go- right. Yeah, how that actually is going to feel. And if you don't and like then, it enough to do that, then it's just not going to work. It's, it's just not going to it's just not going to work. But, you so, know, so, so think about this think about this on the opposite. If you take it the other way, you say, "All right, I dare somebody to podcast and work hard at it and and love it for 10 years and not figure it not have some success." Right? Exactly. Like there, Ab- there's not it's not that's also like not possible. So, totally. But if you get your expectations wrong and your intents wrong, 
and you're not about the process and you're not enjoying Think about how many people are so good at guitar and don't make money. They don't feel yep. screwed over by that or failure. Like you no. play, you, most people, and if you told me when I was learning guitar how much hours I'd had to put into practice for how much money I would eventually get paid, even as a professional, still doesn't add up at all. It's still really, no. really bad. If you think of all the times I was trying to get my finger to make a G7 chord for for hours and hours and hours, that wasn't like, well, if I keep this up, one day I'll make money. That's not how that. That's not how you get good at guitar. If you did, you would give up after a year, two years, six months. If if you th- if you Pick, bought a guitar, like a podcast microphone and a Skype account, that's the equivalent of that. It'd be like giving up before you got through learning your first chord chart because you, did, you, didn't, you weren't making any money yet. Totally, totally. I mean, honestly, it's, it really is, you need to apply what I like to call kid logic to it, mm-hmm. where it's like, you need to really approach, the, approach, I mean, frankly, any artistic endeavor with the eyes of like a 14-year-old kid where you're just like, hey, I like doing this. And that's it. Uh, Done. There's there yeah, yeah there's there's nothing Done. else attached to it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean and that's everybody wishes they could have those types of the problem is everybody wishes they could have those types of things for careers whatever they are. Like doesn't yep. I mean just whatever you're into that's why everybody wants to be a, a beer brewer or work at a record label or be a guitarist or a podcaster or I can't even think of the things but everybody wants their hobby to be their job I suppose. So I understand the the it's a real easy error to make basically. So I don't well, fault yeah. anybody for thinking that way. No, not at all. But you ha- you really, there's something to be said about being uh, practical about what it is that you're doing. It's like, you know, I personally, looking at my own life, I, you know, whatever, I didn't go to school when I should have been going to school because I was touring. But at the same time, I was also working at a record label. Like they supplied me the ability, they were paying me money to tour and to be out there and also work at this record label while I was also on tour with my band. And mm-hmm. I understand not everybody can sync things up to work like that, but you need to be like, if you're, you know, working a crappy day job, but like I always focus like, a, you know, my wife is a high school English teacher and there are times where I, you know, get in front of her class and talk to them about, you know, careers and everything else. And I'm just like, the biggest question that they're never asked is like, well, what do you care about? And like one kid was like, oh, like I, you know, I really like to ride bikes. Like, you know, like do, you know, ride up to like LA. I live in Orange County. So like an hour ride or whatever. And it's like, have you ever thought about working at a bike shop? It was like, I gave this kid a, a light bulb and he was just like, no. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like, dude, how about you do that? Because like, if you like bikes, like you're going to care about that and you're going to continue to do that. So it's like, yep. just give yourself that opera, give yourself mm-hmm. that space, even if it's an hour a week or whatever. Give yourself that space to pursue what it is you actually care about. Yeah, and somebody would tell that guy, yeah, but you would make $14 an hour at most changing sprockets on the bike shop. And, you know, sorry, one, my bad there. So you would just make $14 an hour working at a bike shop, but it's like if you love it, you'll learn a ton and be good at it. And, of course, maybe then you can, oh, yeah, open your own bike shop or do it as I, I mean, there's lots of – if you become good at it and you'll figure something out if you – that's the way you want to go. So there's no yeah. there's no such thing as a bad really career if you especially if you have any entrepreneurial bone in your body like you could start construction and then open a boutique, you know, start learning carpentry and then maybe you're making something some fancy boutique stuff for commercial businesses one day. It doesn't matter. I mean there's a, there's yeah. a path forward even with low paying careers a lot of times, I think. Uh- yeah, absolutely. You can, you can, no matter what you care about, there's a way to turn that thing you're passionate about into something that, even if it's just like you know making you a little money on the side, it's like that's great. That's Satisfying, fine. Yeah, because absolutely. it does. It feeds your soul. It feeds your creative 
itch because everybody has a creative itch in their body. Uh-huh. They just need to, it, sometimes it just takes a long time for certain people to be able to, I guess, be given the space to foster it yes. or yeah, have definitely. somebody by their, or have somebody by their side, like encouraging them to be like, yo, explore this, do this. This is exciting. Yes, that that is very true. I'm very, very fortunate and can identify that that's been my biggest privilege in life is that I've had time to learn things. So I had a good family, grew up good. Uh, I went to college and didn't have to pay attention in school. I just did what I wanted to do for those four years. And then after college, I lived cheap and was able to whatever. But I've always been a very late bloomer on everything. I didn't get start playing guitar till late. Didn't start Emory until I was in my 20s. You know, didn't start. I mean, I'm just now kind of coming into a, this kind of career. And I'm, I'm almost, I'll be 40, you know, in yeah. a couple of years here. So, you know, I'm a late bloomer. I've just, I've been able to take the time. I, t- two years ago, I spent all my time on this and didn't make almost any money. I was able to do that i've just been fortunate to be able to do that but that's really the key is having the time to spend with no expectations or deadlines and be immersed in the thing i'm in has been the great privilege of me to be able to develop late in life and get good at things instead of having to try it give up didn't work quit you know got to pay the bill today no savings whatever those are the kind of things that can really hurt you but let's talk a little bit more about podcasting mistakes I think it's a good topic. That'll just be all we really covered today. But um, what about, what is the amateur, what is happening on these amateur upstart podcasts? They're so embarrassing and horrific. And like you said, another interview. And what are the content and delivery and tone mistakes that people are making constantly? Um, Well, I mean, fortunately, I don't get punished with bad shows a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, just because usually the the shows that have already kind of made it into the mid-roll system, sure. so to speak, are shows that are of quality, you know? No, yeah, so for like, sure. Not, not ones you'd encounter there, but the, you know the ones I'm talking, people that are your buddies or people that know you and say, Ray knows about podcasting and then whatever. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, usually it's just you are, you know, you're coming up with like no real creative idea where it's just like, hey, let's get two people in a room and we can talk about the mo- like movies. Yeah. And it's like, like that, I mean, again, that's fine because that is your thing. And if you are, you know, bringing a unique point of view to it, so be it. I'm willing to wager money. You're not bringing a unique point of view mm-hmm. as a, you know, whatever early thirties white male talking about action <laughs> movies. It's like, wow, wow. Yeah. We definitely need, we definitely need more white people talking about movies. Like, I think we're good with that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, it, it's usually just like in, in content, in, in tone, um, tone in, is in, a big one, just the tone alone. Cause it's so sti- yeah. people still talk so stilty, like weird. Totally. Well, it's, I mean, the moment you put a microphone in, so, in yeah. front of somebody's face, is it used to it? They immediately turn into like, Oh, I guess I got to like talk louder or like emote more. And it's just like, no, it just makes your voice louder. <laughs> like that's, that's yeah. all it's, it, yeah. it's a, it's a tool. Um, and then, and then usually, frankly, the, you know, the biggest thing is just like inconsistent delivery. You know, it's mm-hmm. like people are like, oh man, I'm super on fire about this. I'm going to do an ep- you know, I'm going to do three episodes a week. And then like the moment that someone says that, I'm just like, just calm down. Like, do not do that. You're going to be done after two weeks and you're going to hate podcasting and you're going to hate your life. It's yes. going to suck. Yes. So it's it like, winds up with deadlines and homework. You know, I try to avoid everything like that feels like homework, but sometimes it definitely does because you have to, I mean, you make the episode and you up, oh, got to go back and record intro up oh, got to 
write a description. That's homework. Right. That feels like homework to me. Write a paragraph, and that is homework. So now you got to yeah. do the publishing. You got to fo- get it up here, and you got to do that. And I mean, it's like, oh crap, a Sunday night. Uh oh, I didn't book a guest for next week. Those are the horrors of, of the Upstart podcast for sure, especially if you've set rules for yourself and are trying to be consistent. I would urge people to set rules for yourself, though, and don't feel like you're dictated by your audience necessarily. Because again, you have to make it what you want it to be, but yep. you should have consistency, tone. Uh, content and guidelines for your own self, at least. But you should so, dictate that, that dictate yeah. those, I believe. But the one that I, the thing that I, and the biggest turnoff for me, error in that I hear is, it's only way I can say it is it feels arrogant. It's when people talk in the microphone, and I'll be accused of this, to be sure. But it's when people talk in the microphone and they just think, oh, if I put a microphone in front of me and talk to my friend, people will like it because it's me. That that's right. that's the that's just not true. It just isn't no. true. I right. mean, I know your friend likes you, and if you're with six people at dinner, you may be interesting or entertaining. That's n- that's completely true. But it's the same thing with people like that. That like, oh, when my friends and I get together and we play poker, we die laughing. I should go to an open mic night and do stand up with no plan. No, that won't go well. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's not going to go. It's not just because it's you and you're funny. I mean, there's it's just it's a it's a skill and a craft. It has to be unique. And what you what's funny or interesting to you and your people that you're around all the time also includes the shared context that you have with them. You already know all the same background references. You already know all this stuff. You've already made jokes like this. They know this about your personality, and that's why it's funny when you say that. You can't you can't just broadcast those things out there and expect people to get them. So when people are just calmly talking, not explaining the background of stories, making references that people don't get, and just assuming that people are going to like it because it's me, I'm funny. I've usually gotten good feedback about my personality. That's that's to me that's arrogant. It's just arrogance, and it, yeah. and it feels like arrogance when you listen to it. <clears throat> or and, I know it's, and it's boring. It's it's interesting because I do like there are certain instances which which I would. Uh, I mean, there's always going to be anecdotal stories that push against that convention because I do agree that there is something where it's like when you feel like you're dropped into, you know, this total like personal conversation mm-hmm. that you're just like, I got no context for this. Sure. Like, I, I clearly I understand these guys are friends, but like um, what you would know, be anecdotal it, different than that? Well, uh, so I'll, I'll use a I'll use a prime example in my own life. So there's a podcast out there that exists that's called a, a Chapo Trap House, mm-hmm. which is uh, totally a, you know, completely. Uh, a socialist podcast in regards to their poli- their their own personal politics, mm-hmm. um, but you know they're just they're really whatever really intelligent guys from Brooklyn um, that basically just make fun of everything in regards to politics. You know both left right like doesn't matter what. So I started listening to this show. I want to say late late last year. So it's maybe it was like right after the election because they had a really interesting episode where they did a live broadcast mm-hmm. on the on election night and they were totally were just like like most other people in America were just like oh my god I can't believe this is happening. Um, but these dudes are, and, and a girl are, you know, a lot of it is just like not inside jokes, but they are very, um, you know, they're using like historical references that I don't get. They're just, they're frankly way smarter than I am, but they're totally just like, you know, total dipshits as far as like their own, uh, personal, uh, brand is concerned. They're just like, Oh, whatever. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so I got dropped off of this podcast after exist that shows existed since uh, I don't know maybe early last year. So I got dropped kind of in the middle of it, and I immediately was like, "Hey, these guys are funny. I don't exactly know what's going on mm-hmm. here, but like this is interesting." So I do think, but I mean, granted, to your point, that is not. I got dropped in 
you know, after whatever, a long runway of them understanding yeah. how to like do a show. Sure. Um, whereas, but their skill and talent were there, and it sounds like they're exceptionally smart. They're not average smart. Exactly. And they're exactly. not average funny. Now, Which, you know, yeah. you think you're above average smart and above average funny. Oh, until, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, right? Everybody it feels that way. And, and, and so it's not – and I would almost argue that there's just the skill component of just putting those together and having awareness – you know, really makes that work. So you don't have to be smart or funny to have a good podcast. I don't don't hear me wrong on that. But if right. you just think it's about you and you're funny, and if you talk to a person, then that'll be good. That's true. The only thing worse than that is when you do that, and then you don't even talk like yourself. So that's the worst oh, of yeah. all is when you think it's just about you and your wife talking, and you're going to do a marriage thing or whatever. You know, like you're just going to like those kinds of things that feel like self helpy or something. And one person will talk to another, and but they don't even sound like themselves. You know, that's not the way they even talk to each other, and they're not saying anything. Like it, everything's yeah. just guarded and stilted and state. That of course, those are horrible things. But yeah, totally. And those are, and frankly, those are mistakes that a lot of people make when they're when they're starting something. Yes, you know, when they're, the, yeah. they're they're getting their sea legs. But yeah, that that is a very yeah. You can't basically to button up what you're saying. It's like you can't be so presumptuous to think that the most compelling thing about what it is that you're doing, like you said, is yourself mm -hmm. and the camaraderie that you have with friends. And like, so you, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. You, yeah, you need to be able to to showcase your point of view, showcase whatever it is you're trying to accomplish uh, in a way that is is easily digestible for people who, you know, frankly, might be annoyed by you, might be annoyed by your voice, but they're like, well, those two things are annoying, but they really are saying some pretty interesting and compelling things. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so the next thing after that, after that arrogant type of podcast, first of all, it's great to start podcasting and be bad at it because – First of all, nobody's going to listen, so it's great for you to practice. Like, it's not bad. It's, that's totally acceptable to have a small podcast and start with no plan and do it poorly. If you, That's totally good. Just don't confuse the, the two. You may have five years before you get good. Who knows? You know, that's okay. Do it bad for yeah. three years. That's no, you're on the right track if you do that, in, as in my book. But uh, the next thing people will do after that is say, I know what I'll do. Instead of me just talking all the time or to my buddy, I'll interview people. So I'll just grab for the most famous people I can get in the music scene or whatever it is and talk to them and then they'll do the work and then I'll get popular because I talk to these people but that one doesn't seem right. like it's working either for a lot of people no no it's a, it I think just because the interview based thing it, it exists everywhere in every genre and iteration of whatever content you're trying to come up with um, so yeah I, I think that the strength of the guest is not because too, to the, to that point there are certain people that are, you know, honestly, this is something that I have directly applied to my show because people mm -hmm. have hit me up constantly. Hey, why don't you get Ian McKay? Or, hey, how about you talk to Henry Rollins? And I'm like, dude, I don't want to talk to those people because they've been talked to for 20 plus years within the context of independent music. What am I going to bring to the table? Nothing. Like, I, there's no that angle. That is awesome, Ray. That is, yeah. that, I mean, that's a, uh, what's the word for that? It's, that's true. I mean, it's like, I don't know if it's humble, but you're 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 just saying that you're knowing how good you're not something special that's gonna like what are you gonna get out of the guy? That's a, that is the right way to to think about it. I, I love that. It, it's the it's it, and it's not even so much that it's like uh, oh like I'm not reaching for the stars like clear like there you know frankly if tomorrow if Henry Rollins was dropped in my integrity is like, the word I was looking for. Thank you. <laughs> but if Henry Rollins like tomorrow was like, oh, hey, like he writes me and he likes mm -hmm. my show. And like, of course, I would have him on. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not. I, but 
the the sort the the amount of stress that I would have in going into that interview. It's like you know I really I I because I've legitimately thought about this. I would want to talk to Henry Rollins about him working at Hagen Dazs with Ian Mackay for like. 45 minutes yeah. like I would just want to get really in depth and granular about his experience with that as opposed to like dude so you remember like remember Black Flag like that everybody has done that yeah um, and so I, I I think that people if they are approaching it like they they need to have that sort of uh, that that safety check or that valve in their own heads to be able to be like okay I need to press that in order to be like okay this guest is not going to all of a sudden change the face of this show that's right. I still need I still need to put a lot of work into this. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And plus too, because people are so um, you know, oversaturated in regards to podcasts and content that they are consuming, you know, frankly, if they see that uh, you know, that I am on your particular show, granted I haven't done a podcast in, you know, a couple months, they may be like, Oh yeah, I've already heard Ray on the show. Or I've already heard Ray talk about himself in some capacity. So they're like, I don't need to listen to more of him. Mm-hmm. But there, so you need to keep that in mind when you are talking about that interview-based thing, where you're just like, "Oh man, I'm gonna have this dude on the show. I'm gonna have this girl on the show," and then you'd be like, "Oh wait a minute, like they've already been on like you know 25 other podcasts. Like mm-hmm. what else? What else are they gonna do unless it's like this really granular thing that they're gonna talk about?" If you're like, doing, oh. yeah, if it's interview-based and it's just biographical, so how did you get started? What's your process? If you, if you <laughs> right. I mean, that's just so dumb if, yep. and it won't work because who are you who will you ever be in that formula who are you oh so i mean where you, all, where will you be if you have if i book you 12 months of great guests you may have bigger numbers but still who are, i mean then, then are you just as good as your next guest and if they shared or not on social media i mean oh dude it's so funny because that that that's exactly it wasn't a mentality i had in approaching certain guests but it's like i'll, I'll use a prime example so i had uh jordan from newfound glory the vocalist mm-hmm. of the band uh i i've known him for years and years he buried a girl i went to high school with i have all these weird connections with him but it was just basically me texting him and him being interested so i interviewed him i knew the show was going to be big because it's him and he never talks about himself ever so when I published that show, I had so many people write me and say like, oh, I, I frankly, I didn't like this interview because of reasons A, B, and C. But the common thing that people said were just like, Ray, you personally talked too much. And I, I you know, I, I understood the criticism, but then I also was like, have you listened to any of the other of my shows in general? Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I talked disproportionately more than the guest or more than I had in the past. And so these are people who are just ducking in, very used to a certain particular style of interview, and are just like, "Oh, you're not important." And I'm like, "No, like I don't care." If you, I'm like, "Dude, That's I don't interesting. care." Yeah, I'm like, "I don't care if you listen to more shows, but like maybe just listen to one or two more from other guests that you may enjoy, and you're going to start to get a rhythm out of it." Yes. And if you, at that point, if you don't like it, that's fine. You're just a flyby listener, and that's cool. But the there's no way that I'm going to have a person talk about a really brutal divorce and just sit there and be like, huh, interesting. Well, moving right yeah, along. Yeah, like check it off your list. Okay, and then tell me about the time you went bankrupt. You know, like... what? It's like, we're sorry, we're empathetic human beings, yeah. or at least we should be. So if you're just going to bring up these really, or not bring up, but like get to a point in the conversation where you're talking about really hard stuff, you're going to want to bring your anecdotal experience mm-hmm. so this person isn't just feeling like so raw out there. Like, you know, Matt, if I right. put you in the spot and I was like, so Matt, talk about your mom dying. Mm-hmm. And you told me this really, you know, heartfelt, I could tell poignant story about your 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 mother passing away. And then I'm like, all right, cool. And like you said, moving on the checklist, it's like mm-hmm. that's it's the worst interview. Like it's right. horrible. 
Yeah, absolutely. So, and and that's uh, and I mean, you actually are truly a talented person at what you do. It's a it's a very interesting skill, and I I hope people will listen to your show and hear it as a skill, because it's not bloviating. You're not like uh, you do talk a good amount. And, uh, man, certainly I do too. I mean, that's kind of the point. I would like it to be 50-50, ideally. Sometimes I have somebody, I had Dan Carlin on. I didn't want to speak 50% of the time in that interview. I was lucky to have it. But, I mean, maybe I talk too much. But typically, I want to be talking to people where it will be a good interchange. And part of that is even if they were interesting, first of all, I think the conversation as itself should be interesting, like you're sitting at the table with us. Secondly, even if it was only about the other person, in order to get, raw or intimate or personal stuff, you have to take the journey with people. And there's a skill yes. of making them feel comfortable and, you know, making feel, you know, it's almost like you're playing good cop with the person. It's just good. It's no bad cop. It's just good cop. On TV, sometimes you see the one where they say, oh yeah, and you did this and you're used to that pop, pop, gotcha stuff. But that's not, that's not the best way to get the truth. Right. You know? To actually, and plus to actually color a person enough to where you realize that they're actually more than whatever it is their public persona is. You right. know, it's like some of the some of the most valuable feedback I've ever gotten in regards to my particular show is the fact that people are like, "Yo, I hate that band," or "I hate that particular record," or whatever it is. But they're like. Oh, but that that actually, after listening to that interview, like I'll maybe listen to the record again, or like I'll actually listen to that band. I still not, I maybe still won't like the music, but then now that this person seems like a normal human being and they have, they have more than just like, oh my gosh, this is douchebag on stage or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's the whole point. Cause like, dude, I can't tell you how many pitches I get where it's like, Hey, would you like, uh, you know, Kellen from sleeping with sirens on your show? Or would you like, you know, person Mm -hmm. A, B and C on the show? I've said no yeah. because I just I just know I wouldn't be able to do a good job, and I don't think that I frankly would be able to connect with these people. Not saying that it's like oh I'm better than them, and they're just like young children that have nothing valuable to say. Um, I mean it might be the instance in some, but I just know that it, it's like we're not really coming from the same uh, approach, mm-hmm. and so I know that I wouldn't get really you know I would just get canned answers. That's I would right. just get very very not boring. Interested. Even if it was yeah. bigger downloads, I had that same situation. I had an interview with somebody from a big band similar to like you would say it wasn't Sleeping with Sirens, but something along that lines. And I was like, okay, I don't know the band. Let me check it out. And then I did like a call with them to see what we might could talk about. And I was just like, oh gosh, this yeah. is not. <laughs> And it didn't, Dude. and then we we didn't ever schedule it. I just couldn't. It would it wouldn't have been good. It would have been big yeah. downloads, but it would, I would have hated it. So I just it's not. I just don't want to build that show, even if it works. I I don't want. What if it did work? Now I got to do that more. That's the problem. Right. Totally. Totally. You it's know. like you you can't you can't be uh, inauthentic in your approach to people who are you wanting to share time with you know it's like if you if this is merely a transactional relationship, which you know most of them are, but like if you're not. Uh, getting any like deriving any actual enjoyment out of the conversation it's just like dude like i mean it's the same thing as clickbait <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like why why are you doing an audio version of that's clickbait? right that's right that's, yeah what's, that's, what's the point of doing that in, in this in this medium at least you know that's yeah the way i see it so your show yeah. is 100 words or less and that's 100 words or less.com uh, hundred. That's uh, actually interesting. I see hundred words or hundred words podcast dot Hundred words podcast dot com. That's on uh, Jabberjaw. You can find it there, as well, and everything. Ray, I'm just I'm keeping my shows as short as about this length. So I'm gonna just end it here, and that's compl- totally obviously not final. And so we'll do this again. So I, I'll just let this go right here. I'm doing right now. I, I didn't tell you this, but I'm doing. I'm trying a thing right now where I'm gonna do shows every day for for a few weeks. 
Oh, nice. So I could just have you. You could come back next Monday if you wanted to or whatever. Yeah, if yeah, you, yeah. If absolutely. you could fit it in. I, th- I, I had a whole list of podcasting topics, but we only got to the, the first one. <laughs> I, well, uh, Matt, I knew this was going to happen with us. There's no, way, there's no way that we can keep it concise to 45 minutes. I'm sorry. No, I know. I just don't want, I want to try and dis- – this is a rule I've set for myself as example to everybody out there. I'm trying to not hit the hour mark. I've tried to be 45 minutes, but I can stop here – be under an hour and I've got to force myself to be able to do that so that I can do more shows and enjoy it more and not take people's time too much. So I'm, I'm focusing on that at the moment. That's so good. I'm going to go ahead and just cut it right there and say, I've really enjoyed the conversation and sorry if there was more you wanted to talk about. No, I loved it, Matt. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you, Ray. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw podcast network, jabberjawmedia.com. That's what ransomware is all about. It's psychological pressure. Ransomware. When your computer's hacked into and your data held ransom. Attacks are on the rise and Russian gangs are making billions of dollars. The moment I got that message, I knew our greatest fears that we ever have are starting to come true. The post-Cold War era is over. Dot com, the hacking. A new season from Crowd Network with me, Katie Puckrick. Just search for dot com, that's D-O-T-C-O-M, and subscribe. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.